And you're with Pastor Troy. We're here on the dock here. We're getting ready for a new series starting off. We're going to launch that today. You're not, you don't want to miss it. We're all about uh, doing some new and fresh things. And we got a great one coming to you. You can always find us at onthedock.org. We do do releases every Tuesday and Thursday. And don't forget, we are all about conversations that propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. And we have somebody that can take you into the deep on our set today. It's going to be incredible. Just a reminder, you can always find us on the dock. You can find us at many different platforms, but mainly YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Those are primary. You can also find us at Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and on the SermonNet app as well. And you can talk to us through our social media channels at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and we are now on Getter. And when you find us, go find us. Oh, you can also find us at COFT, uh, at uh, onthedoc.org. That's our website there. I almost gave our church one. Onthedoc.org. You can find us there as well. And when you find us, hit subscribe, hit like, notify, share what you have found at On The Dock with other people, and tell us how you like it. And we would always love to have you as one of our Patreon subscribers. So go to our Patreon site. You can become a sponsor or a partner. There's two different tiers. There's multi-different levels of that. Please go check that out. We would love to have you as one of our partners uh, on our Patreon site. I was going to take a look at this here again. And, and on the Patreon site, I want to remind you that we have several different tiers. So go check that out and, and come find us. If you can't find any of this stuff, figure any of it out, you're, too, you're like me, you can just go to onthedoc.org. There's a list of all of our platforms and links. And if you, if you just can't do that, hit info email us at info at on the doc.org and Donna Kanuski, our executive uh, producer, she will help you get orientated. So we're glad to have you here on the doc. I'm joined with my lovely co-host tonight in the podcast studio. Mother Beth, how are you doing? I'm great, honey. How are you? You're all fresh. We're, 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 we're just off the holiday season and we're ready to go. We don't know when you're seeing this podcast, but it is, it, we're, we are ready. We've also got, uh, we're going to have other guests in studio throughout the series. Different people will be popping in, popping out. Uh, we got different ones. Lucas is over here. Lucas, do you have a Mic tonight or Lucas is not mic'd up. Maybe tomorrow he'll be mic'd up for us. Maybe get his camera on him. Lucas is our executive, our executive producer, our executive director, executive director, our techno guy here in here, and he's working tonight. And we are starting a new series called Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia. Liberia, if you don't know where it is, it's in the it's in West Africa. It's on the back rump of Africa. Rumps like if you take a uh, kind of a booty and underneath the booty when the booty go curved right in there is a beautiful country called liberia that's the west side of africa and from that city hails a wonderful person by the name of dr chris henna dr chris henna is in the studio she is the uh i guess the medical director of healthy women healthy liberia welcome to on the dock dr chris henna thank you good to have you here you, you've been in the country for how long right now since the 20th october and you're going home pretty quick so yeah, after the 10th of December. We're going to miss you. We're glad to have you here. She came into Memphis, my hometown, so I'm a Memphis boy. She's, she knows Memphis very well. She's been around. You've been Texas. Where else? Atlanta. Atlanta. You've been all the important places. Now you're in southern Illinois. I mean, come on. We've got you where it really goes. So uh, you've enjoyed your stay, and you head, head back, and you've got a lot going on. We're going to learn a lot about Chris here in the episode to come. I am excited about having her in studio. She is an incredible, incredible leader, incredible uh, medical professional, um, got an incredible ministry and a heart for, for Jesus Christ. And she is somebody that will propel your faith out of the shallows and I guarantee you into the deep. Let me tell you a little bit about her organization. Uh, she shepherds and leads an incredible organization that I get a chance to work with when our 
foundation that I lead. I'm the executive director also of the Hands of Hope Foundation. Hands of Hope Foundation, you can find us at uh, hohfoundation.org. And you can find a lot of links to what we do with uh, Dr. Henna. You can also go to Dr. Henna's site, which I'm going to bring that up. I got it up on the screen now. Dr. Henna's site at Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia. Uh, you can find her website at healthywomenliberia.org. And you go to their connect link and you can see we're a partner to theirs. And uh, you can see email links there. Uh, they got a great Facebook page. Check that out. And if you if you just get inspired and you want to email or write a question, there you see info at healthywomenliberia.org. That's a link. You can find that through their Facebook page as well. Or you can use their website and communicate that way. You can always email us at info at onthedoc.org. We'll get you connected as well. But I want you to know she's with an incredible organization. Uh, we're going to learn a lot more about that organization here over time. But right now, I just want to kind of get the basics of healthy women, healthy Liberia. Now, Dr. Hanna, uh, how, how long has your organization, Healthy Women, you're, you're the medical director, uh, you're, you're, you're certainly very much involved in, in developing that organization. What was behind the initial founding, the initial drive for that? How did you get that cranked up uh, from the start? Well, uh, Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia got started when I was still in Kazakhstan. I uh, remembered what happened when I was in the second grade in Liberia, that I lost a friend, and uh, actually she passed away from malaria, but her family thought she passed away from witchcraft. Oh my. And so I could not believe that a second grade person would die from some witchcraft. So I was going to become a doctor so that I'd be able to heal all the kids in the community. Wow, praise God. And so that was where the birth of healthy women. The vision came out of yeah, that episode. from there. Now, you, now your, your mission statement, now this is more developed than a few years later. You know how we do it in 501c3s. She want, runs a wonderful 501c3. Her, her 501c3 says, the mission of Healthy Women, Healthy Library is to promote the health of the people and educate patients through comprehensive, sustainable, community-based primary health care. So you're a primary health care uh, provider. Yeah. That's your main focus? That's the main focus because, like I said, she died because of malaria, but not of witchcraft. Uh, so, malaria would have been very treatable had somebody yeah. properly diagnosed it, correct? Correct. Correct. Very treatable. So, so, and, and it's certainly, while we certainly, both of us as Christians, understand that witchcraft is out there, satanic issues are out there, there are demonic spirits out there, uh, this was not that. This was basically medical ignorance. Nobody there to help give guidance and shepherd. That's what I thought at that time. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what's funny is I know how, how long ago was that experience? Uh, that was in the sixties. In the sixties. Okay, so the, it goes back a while. Okay, yeah. Here you go, folks. Okay, what's 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 interesting about this is Dr. Amana is not here, but Dr. Ukimi Amana is the chief of surgery for the Hands Hope Foundation, and we travel. She, she, Dr. Hinn has spent much time with Dr. Umana uh, in country doing surgeries. And Dr. Umana today, just this last trip that we did in 19, he ran in directly into a woman with extremely white cataracts. She had very, very thick white cataracts. And that village had determined that she was a white witch and that her cataracts were a result of her witchcraft. And when she came to the OR, they said, she's not got vision problems. She's got, she's a white witch. And Dr. Amana said, by the name of Jesus Christ, we will set this woman free. And they cut the cataracts out and, and they found out she was just a, a lady with bad cataracts. Yeah. And all that time they had cast that 
uh, that, that aspersion on her and she just needed good medical care. Now, by the grace of God, she got healed. So healing and deliverance can take place in other ways. And so even, even though it's 2021 or 2019 in that case, even almost what would be 56 years later, there's still that mindset in some places yeah. in the world. Do, do you still, still run into that today? Oh yes. Every day. You run into people that every think day, every day you're coming into. with different uh, perceptions of things. Do you know that's not that, that's not completely far out here? We have people here that that will take basic medical things and, and blame it on the devil or blame it on some spiritual issue. And some of those things can be. I mean, there are things out there I think are spiritually derived. Sure. But it's amazing how some people, when they can't understand something or they don't take the time to, they will prescribe it off as something. So I guess I guess in their minds they get it put in a nice box, but the box isn't so nice. It's <laughs> all <laughs> so, right. But your, your vision statement, your vision statement, it says this, the vision of healthy women, healthy libraries to transform communities using community-based healthcare models for medical and dental care through education and services, especially for women and children. Why, why women and children? Why'd you pick women and children as your emphasis? Well, uh, in Liberia, women basically uh, lease a household and so if you get a woman to be able to take care of her health, she'll take care of the rest of the people living in a home with her. So once you can get the woman healthy, you get a healthy home, you get a healthy country. Praise God. I love that. I love that. And, and you're using basic health care. Help me, help me understand some of the goals. And we're going to get into your, your Waterfield Clinic here in a minute and kind of give me some description of that operation. But, but what, are the, what, are the, what would you consider basic health care? What are the basic? When we think of basic health care here, we want you to have an ultrasound. We want to have an x-ray machine. You know, we want to have a plastic surgeon on standby in case I got a little wrinkle and I want to get the wrinkle back. When we think of basic health care in the United States, it, it's a it's it's a lot more broader. What, what do you see it in like from the Liberia perspective? Well, from our perspective, when you think about basic, you're thinking about just teaching how to wash the hands. Just the That's very basic. basic, very basic. Yeah. How to wash your hands, and how to wash the food that you eat. For example, fruits taken from the ground. How to wash it. How to prevent malaria, wow. how to prevent worms, because most of the kids go barefooted. Uh, and so you have to be able to teach them how to wear their slippers and how not to just go in the dirt. And so those are all basic. So basic, just basic sanitation, sanitation. Just, just knowledge over that mm -hmm. is almost a primary line for you in teaching and training. Yes. And, and I, I see you do basic medical I know you've got some eye care, dental care and as well. And then, then of course, education and just the development and, and teaching and learning. So it's just amazing what you're doing. I want to show a picture here. I want you to tell me about this. Uh, here's a picture. It says this is on your website. It says this is your first clinic. Now, when is this and, and how did this happen? Well, this was in 2012. I had spent 10 years in Kazakhstan and was returning to Liberia. If you can see around the structure there are curtains that are brought back from Kazakhstan. Now, now can I can I tell the people would you still consider this a scafa? Uh yeah. Kind of a scafa. Yes. In, in the librarian scafa is kind of an open built hut. They use the the, the the reed and then they usually put the grass covering on it or the yes. uh, the reed, but you've actually gone to medical curtain. Yes. So you have a scafa clinic, right? Yeah. To start off. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. 
And so if you can look on the top, we have something called tarpaulin. Yeah. And this was during the rainy season. <laughs> you did this so, in the rainy season? You started your clinic in the rainy season? Yeah, so it was in the rainy season. I think you can look on the floor. Yeah. But when the rain pours on the tarpaulin, it sinks it down. <laughs> and so in the morning when you get in, you have to flip it over to get the water out. Mm-hmm. And you can see the water runs right back into the sink. In the sink. Clinic. Yeah. But that's where we started. Now, for and, you pe- uh, for you people out there that don't know Liberia, Liberia has what they call they have they have they don't have like spring, summer, winter, and fall. Doctor Doctor uh, Hina's getting cold weather here. She she knows our weather here. She's mm-hmm. comfortable in it. But in Liberia, you have two kinds of weather: hot, hot and, dry, and dry, and then hot and wet. Yeah. <laughs> they have yeah. two seasons. And, and rainy season what starts May now June. May. Yeah, in uh, actually end of April. End of April, mm-hmm. and it starts raining, and it can rain till end of October. End of October. And we're not talking about rain. Just imagine our our worst rains here is a daily rain for them, massive amounts of rainfall, massive amounts of rainfall. So so you started your clinic in the middle of the rainy season, that which is a yeah. challenge. But the rainy season, as it begins, is also the height of when malaria starts malaria yeah because yeah, as, as you start getting the early rains you get yeah. puddling the mosquitoes begin to mm-hmm. grow again yeah. what else happens so then uh we uh were able to see patients in that uh, structure uh patients started forming by five o'clock in the morning i did not expect so many mm-hmm. i was just coming home uh, didn't have the resources but had the heart to serve and, uh, <laughs> Five so in the morning, the morning. They're lining. Now, is this where you live too? Yeah, there where I live. I, I, uh, that's your old house. I yeah, remember that place. Yeah. house. Yeah. So and, the people uh, are outside. You're trying to sleep, brush your teeth, yeah, and they're so lining up. They're lining up. You hear the noises. Uh, they have to put uh, bricks for them to sit on. So that was their seats uh-huh. because we didn't have seats. And uh, but uh, they were coming. They were coming. So and we were there. I was the only person. And then. I had to get a young lady who was interested in becoming a dentist, but I had to quickly train her, not as a dentist, but how to just take blood pressure, mm-hmm. how to test for sugar, how to do the urine, and uh, how to talk to them about worms and talk to them about prenatal vitamins, talk to them about just vitamin A. So that was <laughs> how we started. Uh, this very, ministry. very basic. Very basic. But 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 we find in our in our clinics there that we've done with you over the years that that I mean we pre-train people when we go over you find things in about 10, 10, 12 categories not that you don't get other elements but these top ten or twelve things are very prevalent that you're talking about malaria you know uh, uh, typhoid, typhoid typhoid cholera mm-hmm. you get other things and I don't know do you get dengue fever as well no not not, not much since dengue, I've been there not since you've been there mm-hmm. the, the what's amazing is is it, it's very it's a very short list of things that you can treat but it's so difficult to defeat there because it's mm-hmm. so uh it so when she got when you got there in 2012 the civil war was over when roughly uh i think uh 2003 2003 so things mm-hmm. were kind of getting organized i i was starting to go in there in 2008 seven and eight is when i made my first trip into liberia to work with reverend mundelo in liberia we began to do the rebuild of churches and stuff and then that led to education and water wells and then we didn't do medical mission to 2010 but 2010 was the first kind of pre-medical mission i took a couple of people dr parks dr umana and we checked things out and in 11 we did our first medical mission so okay. we, we, you know, we, we, we were, we, that's when we did our first cl- kind of clinic out there at, at the Wela. And so 
I, I, can I show you what we experienced? Just to show you, get a laugh. This is uh, you, you won't. This is uh, this is Wayla in our. First, this is before the high school was built, uh, Doctor Hannah. This is Wayla. <laughs> the people knew we were coming. That was a mistake number one for them to know we were coming. And we got there, we drove up and all around us, you wish you could even see this. There were 1800 people in the area that had come to register to go to our first clinic. And we we're gonna be there for one week. You know, we had like, we had, we could really see probably 600 maybe at best. And there were 1800 people. We had to line them up there and try to create a triage and a queue to try to determine who needed to be seen the most. And if you get an idea, that's around, that's what our first clinics look like very similar to you, we didn't even have a good facility. You can see a scoffer back to the right there, uh, kind of back there. And it is just unbelievable the demand and the need for basic medical care there, basic medical care. So I can feel that. I can't imagine they know where you live and every morning they're not coming to your house. Yeah. Every uh, we, morning. We had an experience uh, in 2011, I brought a team when I still lived in Kazakhstan, brought a team from Colorado Springs and, uh, they had about the same number of people you see over there. They were there for 10 days and the lines in the morning, it was so long and we worked till late and still could not see everybody. Mm. Had to just thank them and beg them to come the next day and we'll see them first. Uh, so that was very interesting. It was very interesting. I think what I want to do now, I think you've got a chance to hear Dr. Kenner just briefly. We're going to get much deeper into her life, much deeper. And we're going to talk a lot more about healthy women, healthy Liberia. But I think for people, they're hearing us talk about uh, this country that had been war-torn for almost 20 years of civil war. And you're coming in really establishing what I would consider. I know Rainey was there, <laughs> the local hospital, which is not there now, I guess, because it, it's no longer there. You really are establishing some of the first clinic with, with, with a program, with, with a, with a, uh, with a discipline, with a, with a heart for the people that are there. Cause you're, that's your, that's your, where you're from. So you're, you're establishing one of the first clinics there that that's got a heart for the work every day. It's not government driven. It's driven by the heart of you and the donors of healthy women, healthy Liberia and the vision. And it's just incredible to see what you've done. It's incredible to see what we were able to do up in Wayla for a season at a time. And you've just way surpassed that. And you've got so much more to do. But I think what people need to understand is you, when we talk about the, the difficulty there for sanitation, the need for basic things, I don't think people understand how how devastated the country was. So I always tell people my description of Liberia is, is take the United States in 1960. And in 1960, if you were in any community, you'd have nice homes, you had nice sidewalks and you had power and you had, we had air conditioner getting started, the TV was on. Liberia was very much like that. Movie theaters developed uh, good corporate, good business coming in and out. It, Liberia was, uh, a, just just a place that was moving and developing. And when the war started, it literally blew the nation into the Stone Age. It went it went so long and and had so many strange factions in it. We're not getting any of that. But that it lasted so long, it just devastated the ecosystem. It ran the animals out. It devastated every bit of infrastructure. The, infrastructure. the ships, were, ships were destroyed, docks were destroyed, trains were destroyed, roads were destroyed, hospitals were destroyed. It's just like you were taken backwards, way backwards. And now you and Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia are a part of replanting the vision of a future there. 
And I know we've got to be a small part of that with Hands of Hope with you guys, and we're so proud of that. So I want to show the video because I think it'll give people an understanding of, of, of a baseline. They can see some pictures. We'll come back and talk about that, and we'll talk about how Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia has built off that. So I'm going to show that video now right here. For over a decade, civil war ravaged the West African country of Liberia. In its aftermath was left horrible devastation and chaos. Health facilities all over the country were destroyed and Liberians were dying of illnesses that would have been easily treatable in the United States. This was especially tragic as the women who so bravely organized to stop the civil war and bring democracy and peace to Liberia were dying at a time when they were needed to keep families together, open markets and schools, and to care for their children and husbands. Smaller local communities were hit the hardest. They were left with no safe, sanitary, effective, reliable health care for their residents. Today, in a country of 4.2 million people, there are only 50 doctors. To our sisters and daughters in the United States, Liberia has had some hard times, but today we are rebuilding. We're trying to reconstruct our country, trying to bring dignity back to our people. I appeal to each and every one of you to join this crusade that will bring to our children, our mothers, our sisters, our daughters, the kinds of quality health service that they need. Dr. Chris Henna, a Liberian-born United Methodist medical missionary who had spent decades implementing successful community-based health care programs in many other countries, heard the call and returned home to lead an effort to better care for her people. Since returning in 2012, she has been working to reform the Liberian healthcare system through an initiative called Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia. Uh, no, not really. Yeah, what, what's wrong with you? Prevention, prevention, and more prevention. That's going to be the theme of our work here. Based in the city of Kakata, Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia has transformed the face of healthcare in Liberia. They are providing health education, operating medical clinics, and training community health workers across 35 local communities in Magibi County, a county of over 200,000 people. Their goals are to implement preventative care programs that focus on improving maternal and infant health, improve the nutritional status of women and children, restore and maintain water and sanitation, and reduce the incidence of non-communicable diseases. Without a traditional facility, Dr. Henna, one of the country's few doctors, provided health services and medicine out of a one-room building with patients waiting in long lines outside. So in 2012, land was purchased and plans drawn in preparation for a new state-of-the-art indoor medical facility. And in 2016, a women's health clinic opened and provides a secure, sanitary place for Dr. Henna and her staff to see patients. The new medical center has waiting space, medical and dental examination rooms, space to accommodate overnight stays for those unable to travel, a pharmacy, labs, imaging, medical supply storage, classrooms, 
and a state-of-the-art telemedicine service. The Medical Center will also serve as the operating headquarters for Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia. The impact this vital ministry is making is evident. In 2013, just over 2,000 total patients were treated. In 2016, over 17,000 lives were touched in some way through the great work of Dr. Hannah and her staff. The Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia program has radically changed many facets of healthcare in the nation of Liberia. Under the guidance of Dr. Henna, the faith-based program continues to expand while empowering women to manage their own health and improve the health and life expectancy of every person. good piece there dr hannah if you want to donate right there healthy women liberia.org go to the website figure out how you can be a part of that incredible incredible organization and that uh, video is dated just a little bit i mean dr hannah that was probably 2017 18 2016 16 16 so how many patients did you see in 2020 last year uh we saw 21,000 uh, <laughs> at the clinic. From 2,000 yeah. to, to 20,000. Yeah. And now we have 72 villages. The 35 we had, we have already <laughs> added villages. Wow. So that uh, 72 that we work with now. Just amazing. Just to see the magnitude of growth. I just want to say right now, if anybody's listening out there and you want to support something that's changing people's mm -hmm. lives, you can't get a better growth factor than that yeah. in the kingdom of God. Just, just yeah. incredible. And it just, yeah, it just it's, question. Uh, how, how did you get that war? How did you get that war to stop? It was a long war, lots of factions. How, what was the strategy to stop it? Well, I heard the women were the mean backbones behind the the stopping of the war. That's what I because heard too. Because all of their husbands were being killed, <laughs> their sons, mm -hmm. and they were just tired. And they had so enough they of formed, it. Yeah, they formed a group, and that's how they were. And that's how the, the fish market's a place where the men yes. would get. And it didn't matter if you were Christian or Muslim. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if you were on this side or that side, whatever no. faction. The women began to pray and to meet. And what's interesting about the story is they there, there's a video out there. If you can get a hold of the video, guys, I wish I had time to show it. It's called "Pray the Devil, Pray back, the devil to back to, to Hell." hell. <laughs> I, we need to be doing that in in our communities now. But mm. they have a video called that tells the story of the women coming together, mm. and they broke down the boundaries, and they they just basically cut all their husbands off. Just imagine that men, we, they were all like, no more. We're not going to birth any more of your children to go to war. We're not doing this. And they just began to pray. And eventually they got the, the men to go to, uh, to, to talk about the war. They tried to leave the conference and the women blocked them with their physical bodies. They blocked the women that blocked the men from leaving. The men were forced to sit down and talk. And eventually you have, you have peace. Now, what's interesting about this, many people won't know this, you notice that uh, uh, President uh, Maya Johnson was there. She's no, uh, certainly she's she's finished her time as president, mm -hmm. but I got a chance to meet her and shake her hand and spend time with her on a couple of occasions and uh, at Nobel Peace Prize. And uh, mm -hmm. you, everybody goes, 
was that a female president in Africa? How, how do we get a female president in Africa? Well, let me explain to you something. When you come out of a war and everything's been busted down and the only thing that's organized is all the women, they elect who they want to elect. Isn't that right? So you have the first woman president of Africa. Uh, just incredible. Just the story, the power of prayer and the power of resolute mind to change it. You can change anything. And I can see your vision, the resolution to see that children don't have to die from basic issues like malaria, basic issues of sanitation has caused you to go from a clinic that was a vision as a child to one that saw people in the rainy season to saw 2000 and 2016 to see 20 plus thousand and no telling what will happen in the future. So just incredible story. I hope people enjoy hearing that. Dr. Hannah, we're going to say a few more things in this episode, and then we're going to get much deeper in the next one. But but give us a little bit, if you would, um, 50 doctors. I know there's not that many more doctors there now than there were. A matter of fact, maybe even less since COVID. How many well, medical I think, doctors? I think there are a little bit more now. Uh, after Ebola, uh, many of the doctors who had left during Ebola came back. So they're starting to come back from Ebola. They started to come back after Ebola. Uh, you lost some doctors in Ebola, though. Some yes, doctors died we to lost, Ebola. We lost uh, quite a few from Monrovia. Right. And, and, and many Ebola. of the doctors that are there now, the, it, guys understand, though, the gr country's grown fast, too, since the war. I mean, a few yeah. years ago, it was 3 million. It's now 4.4. That's it. Point it's 4.6 4. now. 4.6 now. So, so if you only have, I would say there's, n there's not more than 100 doctors, right? Um, Maybe. They're uh, probably a little over 100. A little now. over 100. A but if you take 100 and divide that by 4.6 million, yeah. most people That's will never have the privilege of seeing a medical doctor. Most people. Most people, most people would never come and see you. So mm -hmm. they're going to be left for you to train uh, PAs, nurses, nurse practitioners. Uh, so so as much of you, you cannot be seeing all those 200,000 people in Margaret County. Um, and, and I appreciate that. But so you have a team. How? Tell me how your team is built. What's the structure look like? How do you how do you handle twenty thousand people and your one doctor? Well, we have a community based primary health care um, members, and those were all high school graduates who had desired to come and learn more about medicine, and so we teach them the fundamentals, and then send them out into the villages, uh, specifically with uh, messages that affects the people there. And uh, when they get there, uh, they are able to identify some of the signs and symptoms of those people that we have sent them to. And so we're able to get them from the villages to the clinic to be able to take care of them. Wow. And the, the, the thing that has helped with the community health workers, there were so many people coming to the clinics that were there for things that could be taken care of in the communities. And they would come and spend all day at the clinic just sitting there for little cuts on the on the right. on the leg. So if you have the community health workers that can be in a community that are trained to address wounds, to take care of, of, of other issues, then they are able to take care of it in the communities. And when you talk when you talk about primary health care and education, all that's part of what you're doing is you're creating a system in place that now lets the right kind of resources spend at the right level. Yeah. It makes it a little more efficient. Yeah. So you spend less time as a physician dealing with wounds. Yes. And taking care of major things. And more critical care things. Critical care things that you. And that do. all comes from education and training and development. And training and amazing. development. So, yeah. so, so, uh, I, and you say so much of what you see, uh, the real root of it, it would be found in prevention. 
So by getting the people out, the community care workers out there, you're actually shrinking your queue, hopefully eventually at your Waterfield clinic, or at least getting people in the queue that really need to be in that queue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And doing a lot. so it reminds me, too, what it reminds me a lot of Beth, it reminds me a lot of back, back in the day in our country, uh, every school, every school has a school nurse. And the school nurse wasn't the person, they're not the child's primary care doctor. They would have a doctor they'd go see, but that school nurse was kind of the one that took care of the snuffy nose, got the splinter, got the small thing. The school nurse could alleviate and take care of most problems. And even she tended would catch ringworm, she would catch the, the lice, she would catch the things they could address at the level so that it wasn't required to go to the clinic or to the doctor or to the physician for. That's exactly and we used to have a very strong school nursing program. You see, mm -hmm. it's deteriorated in these days because of so many financial cuts. And I think it's one of the things that's gonna hurt us down the road is when you cut primary health care, I think you actually put a burden on essential health care. Right. You, you kind of waste its time. And I, do, you, do you see that being a larger solution in Liberia, doing more and more community health? Yeah, that's going to be uh, the number one I can see. Because uh, in the hospitals, you do not have the resources. Mm -hmm. But in the community, if you can deal with issues, then you avoid them coming to the clinic when they are more advanced. Right. That's you amazing. can take care of it there. Well, it's just amazing. This is just an introduction. I just wanted to get a good introduction to this. We're going to get into more in part two, Dr. And we're going to develop deep into this. Uh, I want to get in there. I want to tell you once again, if you've enjoyed this so far, Healthy Women, Healthy Liberia, Dr. Chris Henderson, the medical director, you can uh, mail them. Just, I tell you what, just go to your checkbook right now, write a big check, mm -hmm. drop it in the post office box 816. Uh, how do you say that? Waxahachie? Waxahachie. Waxahachie. And I know, Dr. Henna, you're more traveled in the U.S. than I am. You've been to more states than I have. Because I've, I've probably been to 25 or 30, and I bet you've been to 46 or 47. She knows all these places. So Waxahachie, if she, she's probably been in your town. You email her and ask her if she knows your area. She's been to your area. Uh, she worked for a while for the General Board of Global Ministries of the Methodist Church, traveled all around uh, talking and supporting and helping people and be encouraged to support missions like hers. And uh, she knows our country very, very, very well. So Waxahachie, Texas, 75168. Where's Waxahachie? Is it North Texas, South Texas? Um, is it any, any part of it? Is it near Dallas? Or is it near Houston or uh, Waco? Waco. Yeah, oh, yeah. South, 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 the South part. Yeah. yeah Waco, south. Waco, mm -hmm. Texas. So you can find her. You can also find them on face, Facebook at healthy women, Liberia, their websites, www.healthywomenliberia.org. You can email them at info at healthywomenliberia.org. We're going to be back in the next episode. We're going to dig in a little bit, learn about healthy women, healthy libraries work with the hands of hope foundation, our own foundation and uh, in the USA. And we'll talk a little bit about our med search teams going in and working with you and just the joy we have and the highlight that is of our year each year. And we have, we have missed going to be with you. So we're going to hopefully get back to that by God's grace. So we'll be back in the next episode with that. We'll be getting into part two real quick and hope you've enjoyed getting to meet Dr. Henry at this first one. And Mother Beth and I, we've been quiet over here because she, she can go get it. She has a vision and heart and we just really appreciate her. You can find out more about us at onthedoc.org. We'd be glad to link you up with her. If you lost that information, just email us at info at onthedoc.org. We'd be glad to help you and check out all of our platforms to watch this program anytime you want, especially YouTube, Spotify, 
Spotify and iTunes. Love to hear back from you on our social media partners, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. And you can check out all of our other podcast partners there on the right. And when you find us, hit subscribe, like, hit notify. And we'd love to hear your comments. You can always become a sponsor or a partner on our Patreon site. Go to Patreon, download the app, look for On the Dock with Pastor Troy. We'd love to have you. And if you're in our region, we would love to have you at church on Sundays. I'm also the pastor at Community Faith Church. You can find us here in Marion, Illinois. We'd love to have you at 10 o'clock on Sundays, 6.30 on Wednesdays. Uh, we also have a COFTV.com. It's a, it's a virtual campus at COFTV.com. You can check that out. If you're not in this region, we'd love to have you online. We have a Facebook and a YouTube channel you can watch us on. And so we'd love to have you in there. We had Dr. Hen in church today. Good to have you in church today. So we'll be back in part two of this real soon. We've enjoyed having you here on the Doc. We'll see you soon.